Your business is an asset that can support a thriving life. I believe this, and I'm committed to making this a reality for every entrepreneur and business owner who listens to this podcast. The Women Thriving in Business podcast was created with you in mind. Whether you're thinking about entrepreneurship or you've been in business for a while, this show has inspiration, information, and advice that you can use to thrive in business. Women Thriving in Business features candid and unscripted conversations with entrepreneurs, business experts, authors, and academics who can contribute to your business success. I talk with leaders who have built thriving organizations and who are willing to share both the positive and challenging realities of the entrepreneurial journey. My name is Nikki Rogers. I am a transformation strategist and the host of the Women Thriving in Business podcast. I work with women leaders to develop the mindset, strategies, and relationships necessary to thrive in business. Join me and your fellow thrivers each week on this journey of discovery and success. Welcome, thrivers, to this week's episode of Women Thriving in Business podcast. My guest today is Nicole Grinnell, who is the founder of Boson Solutions. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you, Nikki. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. Well, let's just get right into it. So tell us about your business and then what got you started on your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, so we provide basically fractional remote staffing for businesses. So in layman's terms, you're able to delegate out those administrative bookkeeping operational roles that maybe don't require or maybe your business isn't as a budget to do a full-time employee. So that's kind of our bread and butter. We do some recruiting and direct placement as well, but that's really our original origins. And it started from, I come from small business, I've been an executive assistant, and I've also been a mom and wife and trying to kind of keep a toe in the career world. And so we really kind of came at it holistically of understanding the small business owner and also wanting to provide opportunities for women that may have been taken out of the workforce for one reason or another and still allow them to provide for their families. I think that's a great mission, Nicole. And I know when we initially talked about that entrepreneurial spark, and you said you come from a family of entrepreneurs, but can you talk a bit about young Nicole? I think you said you started at age 12, supporting your family business. So can you talk to us about what your role was and how that translates into the work that you do today? Yeah. So my parents actually owned a medical laboratory, like a lab corps out in California. And they started that in about 1992. So I was really 10, 11 years old starting that. And we were put to work because my parents were facing what many small business owners face where they didn't have the capital and the funds to bring in full-time employees. So a lot of the things I was personally the front desk person, which now I laugh at, I'm like, who was coming to a lab with an 11 year old checking you in, but it was a different time. So My job was handling the patients and doing the paperwork, a lot of filing, handling phones. So all of those administration needs, but it taught me so much about processes and efficiencies and the customer service aspect, understanding what that feels like for a client or in this case, a patient experience, along with the back of the house, like you just got to get it done. There's a doctor office that's a new account and we weren't planning on this, but we got to go do it. So it taught me a lot about being nimble pivoting really quickly, which I think a lot of us can understand that 
when you're running a small business, that is something that you really have to be okay with doing. And so I really stuck with that all through high school, came back and worked a little bit after college. And then it was an easy transition for me to go into executive assisting. But I always found myself supporting COOs or operational functions, because again, that mind for efficiency, process, client experience. So when we translated that to starting Bosun, it was just a natural fit for me because small business is my passion and being able to walk a business owner through that. And things that to me feel innate, I realize are not for everyone. We have a lot of clients that come in that I say, well, talk to me a little bit about your customer experience. What happens after that first sales call? They really don't have a process for it. So not only are we kind of wanting to provide the staff and the team member for that, but we want to walk them through that and help them develop those processes. I think that's great because you're right. A lot of people don't know what they don't know. And they've started the business and now they know the first part, right? Sell the product, sell the service. Mm -hmm. But there's so much that happens after the sale. Right. Is what actually helps you be successful in business. So... You know, you come from a family of entrepreneurs. I'm imagining that you saw a need or a gap, but what was it that really pushed you to take the leap from going from being an executive assistant to starting Bosun? So that kind of comes in with my second passion of the opportunities for women. So my kids are now 17 years old. When I was having children and staying at home, you either worked or you didn't work. There were really no in-between options, right? Remote wasn't a thing. Companies weren't as open to that arrangement. And so I took a step back from my career and focused on staying home with them. But I was constantly being asked by friends or family, like, hey, could you type up these reports for me? Do you think you could just answer my phone calls? At one point, I was literally the receptionist for a driving school in town. And I would just take my cell phone with me to the park and I would answer and I would write down scheduling notes. And so I knew there was this gap where businesses had tasks or even full job descriptions that needed to be delegated, but maybe they weren't quite at the place of having a full-time employee. When I went back into corporate world for many years and I decided to actually take the leap as my executive was retiring and I thought, well, I'm going to try this. And at first I thought, I'll be a virtual assistant. That's what I'll start. I'll get some contacts. And within like two weeks, I had over 80 hours worth of work. And I was like, okay, this is a business. People need this. And I think what made us a little different than just a regular VA that maybe started is because I had that business background and those procedures and client experience and operational skill set, I was able to really talk to a client and walk them through what I believe they needed, what needed to be put in place, what technology should be in place. And so it was that extra level as opposed to what we may think of as a virtual assistant of like, let me just send you some tasks Mm -hmm. and just get these off my plate. We wanted to bring in a team member and support that client and that business owner holistically. And so that's where we differ a little bit from a traditional VA firm. Yeah, I love that. You actually are coming in almost as a consultant. Yeah. Yeah, I could do those tasks, but actually what you really need is X, Y, and Z. I think that's great because I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs and the biggest thing is they say, oh, I know I need help, but I don't know what to tell this person to do. Or I don't know how to tell them to do the thing I need to do because I don't know how to do the thing I need to do. So I think it's great that you all provide that consultative approach. Mm -hmm. And I think combined with, like you said, your experience of really being a partner to the entrepreneur, this definitely you're fulfilling a need that's often not fulfilled in the market. So 
love, 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 love yeah. that. Having not only done it myself in running a business, but seeing it through my parents, we really understand the value of your dollar and what this means. The fear of bringing on a team member and a lot in our recruiting, we're really wanting to understand like, what do you want your business to be? What do you want the culture to be? What is a fit that you feel like not only is this a value for me, but this is going to be a value for my other team members. So we want to really set up our clients for success because obviously their growth means our growth. And we want to holistically help them in all avenues. And we do try to serve that way. Clients all the time calling me like, hey, I was thinking about this. What are your thoughts? Can we kind of brainstorm together? Because as most business owners know, it can be a lonely world. You're kind of on your own in a think tank of one trying (laughs) to make the next best decision. And so we really want to be able there to support them. I love that. Nicole, what were some of the challenges that you faced as you were getting the business started? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, so it's kind of been a different wave, but the beginning remote wasn't really a buzzword and people hadn't experienced it. So we got a lot of, how do I know that they're working? Are they probably just sitting there on watching TV? So we had to kind of overcompensate for that hurdle and really try to build that trust and say, this is a team member. So just like any team member that you don't have to stand over and watch. You want to be building that trust and that communication. So that was kind of a first hurdle. Then we obviously went through COVID. That was actually a real growth period for us because where people were having to let go of maybe their in-person employees, they were coming to us for fractional work. And so that actually shifted to now our hurdle was on the contractor side, finding people that weren't wanting to use our service as a stopgap because they were out of work because our goal is to find long-term team members. So Mm -hmm. while we were getting really good candidates, we would ultimately have to go, I think this is a Band-Aid. I think they're going to bounce from this client. And that is certainly not our goal. We want to create those long-term relationships. So over the years, as every business owner knows, right, those hurdles change, but we have a great team and we've been really successful with evaluating that quickly. And again, pivoting and saying, okay, we need to change this in our recruiting efforts or our sales efforts or our relationship efforts. Sounds like good problems to have, so. (laughs) Yeah, we are very thankful, but yeah, you always kind of have to be a little bit ahead of the curve and trying to understand where our team members are coming from and our clients are coming from and making sure that we're servicing them that way. Right, and I can imagine it's difficult when you said you have a really good candidate, but you know, this is not their dream job or not their ultimate goal, right? And equal for them. We don't want to put them in a position that maybe is not a good fit either. And so we really try to make sure we're matching that correctly for a good, solid relationship. I think it's great to be very intentional about that. And I'm sure it's good, not only just for your business, but for your team and for morale, and then ultimately for your clients. So I think that's a really great and mindful approach to building the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely put us more in that kind of boutique category where as opposed to just flip them and get a warm body in there, we really want to understand you as the client. We really want to understand where you're wanting to grow your business, what's important to your culture and match that accordingly. So it's a little more hands-on and in-depth because we want to make sure we're getting that right fit to provide ultimately your success in that role. Right. So what are some of the things that you partner with others in order to provide services to? Because I can imagine people come to you with all sorts of business challenges and business needs. How do you evaluate what's within your wheelhouse versus partnering with other businesses in order to provide the services that your clients need? Yeah. So the first few years, I will say we took anything. Like as most business start out, Mm -hmm. you need a dog walker. Great. I'll find you a dog walker. That's how you're building it. 
And then this last actually like year to two years, we've really been trying to say, okay, what do we do excellently? That's where we want to stay. But again, we want to be that support to our clients. So we have a phrase internally where we always say, not us, but let me find you a solution. We Mm want to be that. So people we really love to partner with are kind of that next level. So where we may be able to do social media postings, we're not the strategy. So we have marketing companies that we connect them with based on their industry and what they're looking for. Where we do bookkeeping, we're not accountants, but we have accounting Mm -hmm. firms that we love to partner for. Business consultants are great referral partners because we're actually a symbiotic relationship because we don't come in and do the high-level strategy and they don't do the implementation. We're able to refer to each other really well. You've written the blueprint. Let us now go implement this. And vice versa. If a client's coming and saying, I really need branding strategy, or I don't know what to do next, or I need a COO level, we have partners that we can do there. So anything that's really beyond that administrative operations, back of the house support is what we do very well. And then anything at that next tier is where we want to develop those partnerships with people that we can refer to. Good to know. And for those business consultants and accountants and marketing folks who are listening to this, reach out to Nicole. Sounds like Honestly, we can never have enough on our vendor list because as you know, every business is unique and what they're looking for is unique. So we love to build that list up as much as we can to really have good, solid relationships to refer business to. Great. Good to know. Nicole, what is an accomplishment that you're really proud of during your time in business? Yeah, I would say we're actually going through it right now. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of business owners who are listening can relate. Pivoting and going to that next step is scary, especially when this is your comfort zone. And this year, we really focused on the client experience and trying to understand not only the client needed, but what the contractor needed. And we actually completely shifted our pricing model based on that feedback. It was really scary. You don't know if everyone's going to get up and walk. You don't know if people are going to be upset. But we were like, okay, we believe we're doing this for the right thing. We believe we're doing this based off feedback. So we're going to start it. And so we started that about three months ago. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. If anything, hours are increasing. We essentially went from week to week to monthly packages which now allows a lot more flexibility for that business owner to meet those requirements. But it's scary. And it was a big trust fall. (laughs) I'm proud of it in that I'm proud of our team for getting on board and believing in seeing the vision, getting behind it, and ultimately going into it knowing our goal is to serve our clients. And so we want to be mindful of that and always keep our motives right. It's not about the money. It's not about anything. It's saying like, does this fit for our client? So I'm really proud of that. We're going to be full converted by the end of the year. And it's been a big accomplishment and something we're celebrating internally a lot, honestly. Congratulations. It's one thing to conceive of it, right? And so that's the first part, conceive it and then get people motivated and actually engaged and excited about it. And then you're actually seeing it come to fruition and getting positive results. That's a big deal. It is, especially when you've always done it one way. And that's a big thing. We see a lot of it. Well, this has always worked. And it's like, but this might actually be better, not just for you, but for your clients. They might actually appreciate this more. So it's a trust fall, no doubt. But it's actually an experience I'm thankful we had because now we can talk to that as well with our clients and say, I understand change is hard. And I understand that this feels safe and secure, but I'm going to need you to trust me and let's move into this. And it can be something as simple as, I know you've always ran off spreadsheets, but trust me, a CRM is where we need to go. You're at that stage of your business. We always want to be able to empathize with where our clients are coming from. I think that's great. 
as you think about some of the tips that you might share with the listeners, so at what point do business owners really need to think about bringing someone like you and Bosun in to their business? What are they dealing with going through? What is the point that at which they need to be like, oh, I actually need some help in my business? Mm-hmm. What are some of the signs and signals that business owners can start to look out for to consider whether to get some additional support? Yeah. So for kind of that new entrepreneur, new startup, where they're really even starting to think of their team or building that out, or this might be their first hire. The biggest indicator to me is if you find yourself as the owner spending time in non-revenue generating tasks, more so than not, it's time to bring in some help. So if you look at your calendar and you see, I'm meeting with vendors, I've got administration, I've got to do payroll, I need to email back all those leads that I met with last week. All of that is administration that is not revenue generating. And so you really have to look at your time and go, where do I make money? Well, I make money when I'm in front of a client. I make money when I attend this event and it's always proving at least three to four leads and client conversions. Really map that out and then go, okay, what's taking me away from that? Mm. Well, it's just running my business. So eventually you'll look up and you'll go, well, now I've stepped away from my lead funnel or I've stepped away from my revenue generating funnel for maybe a month in just administration. So when you really look at that and you start saying, okay, I could bring someone in and for as little as $200 a week, let's say, I now have someone taking care of all that. Mm -hmm. So when I go out and I'm meeting with clients, I can snap a business card and they're already booking that on my calendar. So now when I log in every day, it's all revenue generating tasks. I'm not stuck in that. And my funnel is being kept filled. So that's the biggest indicator, honestly, is like when you are running your business, Instead of working on it or bringing in revenue, it's time for that first hire. I love that. That drives it home, right? We think the business is all of those administrative things. It's not. And I'm guilty of it. I'll be honest, I'm in it right now. My next two weeks are all administration. And I told one of the girls who works with me, I got to get out of this. I have yet to be meeting with clients. I have yet to be in on because it's so much administration. So there's always going to be those times. But if you don't have someone on your team that you can start delegating this to and creating those processes, the beauty of using BOSIN is that it's at a fractional level. So you don't have that fear of bringing on that full-time person. You can start small, build that relationship. And we always say our bill should be tied to revenue. So if your revenue is up, your labor should be up with us because those two need to be tied together. I love that. That's a great metric, right? Now, the other tip I would ask you about is if someone is thinking about bringing in fractional support, what are some of the areas where folks should probably start? A lot of people think marketing. There's a lot of ideas, right? So where do you suggest or where have you seen people be most successful? Where should they start? So the number one hire I say always is bookkeeping because it is a very low price point. Our package actually starts at just $300 a month and you have to know your numbers. And it is the first thing I can tell you 99.9% of the time business owners push to the side because they're not bookkeepers. And so it's very easy to push that. I'll deal with that later. But if you don't know where your money is and you don't know what's working, what's not working, maybe you're spending too much on a client, maybe you're spending too much on marketing that's not converting, you've got to know those numbers. For So for a very low price point to have a dedicated bookkeeper that is keeping your accounts up to date, is sending you a monthly P&L, and all you have to do is review that, it's a no-brainer. And just say, just start there if you do nothing else. 
once you know your numbers, then you can say, wow, I have a budget now maybe for a team member. Maybe I didn't think I could. So I can afford five hours a week, right? So I can bring that person on and now I'm going to have this person just handle follow-ups. I'm really falling behind on follow-ups or I send out agreements and I'm not following through with if they've signed them. And I tell everyone, when you're first starting out, I guarantee you there is money in your inbox. I guarantee it. Mm. Between follow-ups, between maybe agreements you've sent out that haven't been followed up on, haven't got completed. So you can start small there as well. There's lots of ways to kind of dip your toe in and start getting some processes in order while still staying in a very reasonable budget for a small business owner. I think that's a mantra. There's money in your inbox. There is. I can almost guarantee it. (laughs) I love that. Well, Nicole, I always ask my guests two questions before we wrap up. And so the first question is, what are one or two songs that are on your power playlist? Ooh, I'm a big John Mayer fan. Big John Mayer fan. Oh man, this is so hard. Like I almost have to look at it. I'm a music lover. So like my mind can go in 10 different directions. I'm just going to pull up what I've been listening to. Okay. Okay, So I'm a big Nirvana lover. I'm a child of the 80s and the 90s. So Teen Spirit is like a big power one for me if I'm just really wanting to go jazz. And then John Mayer, I'm going to go with his new Sob Rock album. And I really love the song Last Train Home. It's just a great beat. I'm sure everyone's is like so all over the board. It's hard to narrow it down. Eclectic. I say I have it. Very eclectic. Yeah. (laughs) So Nicole, what is one book that you feel has helped you thrive in business? Yes. So I've actually just finished this and I keep it on my nightstand because sometimes at the end of the day, I will just read through it and refresh. It's called Playing to Win. And it is by Laughley Martin. It's just on Amazon. And here's why I really recommend it, especially for business owners starting out. It is a play-by-play of how to create a strategy, how to implement that, how to find your client base. It's actually written from the perspective of an individual who worked at Procter & Gamble. For me, who struggles with marketing aspect of things, really being able to help with the branding, understanding your client base, I highly recommend it. Also talks a little bit about processes how to really develop your KPIs. It's a great read. It's an easy read. It does a lot of true, which I personally love. Like I'm not as much into academic. I want to hear from people who have really worked it and who have really (laughs) done it. So he does a lot of case studies of different companies. So highly, highly recommend it. Playing to win. Great. I will add that to my reading list. Yeah, it's really good. one I have not read yet. So thank you for that. Nicole, if folks want to learn more about you or get in contact, how can they find you? Yeah. So if you want to go to Bosun, B-O-S-U-N, solutions.com, that's the easiest way you can contact us there. You can also email me directly at Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at bosunsolutions.com. Well, great. And we will add that information to the show notes. Well, Nicole, it has been a delight and a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing the tips, the money in your inbox. I'm going to remember that. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. You for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving in Business podcast. If you like this episode, share it with a friend and then join the conversation on social media and let us know what you learned or what resonated for you. Be sure to like, review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Until next week, keep thriving. Thank you.